Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week seven of our look through the book of Matthew. We'll be looking at the second part of Matthew chapter six this week. And this week, this second half of Matthew six, this continuing of looking at Jesus's life management seminar, also known as the Sermon on the Mount, we're going to look at how to manage one of the things in life that we have to deal with every day of our lives. We've looked at, beginning in chapter five, how to manage our attitudes, how to manage our relationships with others. Last week, we talked about how to manage our relationship with God. As a reminder of what we talked about last week, let me read for you verses 16 to 18. Jesus there taught, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For they disfigure their faces to show men that they are fasting. I tell you the truth, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. This last week, as we talked about prayer and we talked about relationship with God, we saw that in our relationship with God... One of the things to help you to be healthy is to make your relationship with God not about impressing others, not about impressing God, but about expressing your love for Him. And that sounds very simple, but Jesus' teaching shows us how quickly we can get away from that. You just keep with the simplicity of expressing your love for Him. So that was last week, managing our relationship with God. This week, we're going to be looking at managing your possessions, your treasures, your money, your stuff, your possessions. Have you discovered that if you don't manage your possessions, your possessions will start to manage you? Larry Burkett, a great financial counselor, talks about 10 symptoms of a financial bondage, 10 symptoms of those who've begun to let their money manage them. One, overdue bills. Two, a get-rich-quick attitude. Three, a loss of desire to work. Four, deceitfulness, dishonesty in financial matters. Five, greediness, always wanting more than you have. Six, feeling unable to give, seven, overcommitment to work, eight, self-indulgence, nine, the feeling of power because you have money, or 10, the feeling of resentment because you do not have money. Now, obviously, all 10 of those don't apply to every one of us. It depends on our financial situation. But if two or three of those hit you, then what we're going to talk about this week, there's a lot of freedom here. There's a lot of lessening of anxiety here. As Jesus teaches about finance and money, In a sense, we get the idea that we need to refinance, and not our car, not our house. We need to refinance our lives. We need to refinance our attitude towards things. So this week, we're going to see together five specific decisions that Jesus encourages us to make regarding our possessions. These are decisions that will free you of anxiety. They will release you to a new place of joy. And each of these decisions starts with a question. First question, first decision. The question is, where do I store my treasure. And the decision behind that is what I would call the investment decision. Here's what Jesus had to teach in verses 19 to 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now, Jesus talks about the investment decision here. Every stockbroker knows this one. Financial confidence is based on the security of your investments. And Jesus is teaching here that the only sure investments are eternal investments. Earthly treasures are always going to inevitably be lost, and heavenly investments will always last. The chief accountant for John D. Rockefeller 
was asked how much did, after Rockefeller died, was asked how much did Mr. Rockefeller leave when he died? And he famously answered, well, everything. But Jesus is saying here, he does not want that to be your answer when you die. He says, store up treasure in heaven. Make investments in people and your relationship with God that will last for eternity. You cannot take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. When you look at investments, think about finances. What's the wisest investment to make these days? And first of all, we just think about normal investments. And I'm not about to tell you whether it's stocks or real estate or mutual funds. I don't know, and even the experts can disagree about that. But I do know the general principle that we can all agree on. The best investment is that which brings the most return for your money over the longest period of time. That's the best investment. So let me invite you to invest in eternity. Invest in the plan of God. Invest in the people of God. Invest yourself and your possessions in that which will last forever. Jesus says that's how to live this life. That's how to manage your possessions. Now, how do you make a wise investment in eternity? Well, one word, you give. More on that, the attitude that's behind healthy giving we're gonna talk about tomorrow. Right now, let's focus on investment. You see, Jesus, as he teaches about investment, he tells us why this issue of how you invest what you have is so important to every one of us personally. He says in verse 21, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's gonna be. Our heart, your heart follows your treasure, where you've invested that treasure. Whether you want it to or not, it will follow that. So to put your heart in the right place, you have to put your treasure in the right place. And if you think you can violate this principle, well, Jesus taught it, and I trust Jesus, so I know I can't violate the principles that he taught. Each and every day, I'm making a decision about where I'm going to store my treasure. And in greater ways than I can imagine, when I make those decisions, I'm making decisions about the direction of my heart and the direction of my life. How do you change your heart? To change your heart, you have to refocus your heart. And Jesus tells us how here. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. That's how you refocus your heart. So you look at your life and you think, my heart's not going the right direction. I don't like my attitude. I, I don't like what's important to me. I, I, I don't like the direction of my life. One of the first places to look, it's not the only place to look, but according to the teaching of Jesus, one of the first places to look is how I'm investing the treasure in my life. I can refocus my heart by redistributing my treasure, seeing how I can invest it in a different way. That's the investment decision. Now, as we talk about finances this week, as we talk about what Jesus has to teach us about this, I'm very well aware that this is an area of great pain for many people. And when you have pain with finances, it's just there every single day. So as we pray today, I want to take some time to pray and if you feel like, well, I'm not in financial struggles right now, well, then you pray with me for those who are, because there's plenty of people who are. Because of decisions they have made, or because of circumstances they found themselves in, or decisions that someone else has made, they're finding themselves in a time of great financial struggle. Would you pray with me? And I want to pray for you who are in those struggles right now. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray. We pray together right now for those who are facing financial struggles whatever the cause, whatever the reason. Lord, instead of blaming ourselves or blaming someone else, we want to look to you. We need your healing for our finances. We need your direction. And Lord, I pray that whether we feel like we have a lot or a little right now, whether we're struggling or we're somehow in some great way seeing real success with our finances, 
that, Lord, these principles, these truths would sink into our hearts because these are true for any time of our lives. And so, Lord, we, we recommit ourselves right now to investing in eternity. And, Lord, forgive us for those times when we try to compare ourselves and how much we're giving with someone else. Truth of the matter is, you've given it to us. And whether it's a lot or a little, when we give it back to you and we give it to another, that pleases you. That invests in eternity. That changes our heart, the direction of our lives. So, Lord, I pray that for those who are struggling with finances right now, you would give the healing voice of your spirit right now, comforting and strengthening, taking away from a place of blame and instead putting them into a place of peace and a place of trusting you. And I pray for every one of us that this decision to invest our lives in eternity, that, Lord, we'd hear you and we'd say yes to you. And as we say yes to you, we'd feel the joy, feel the joy, Lord, of living life like you've made us to live life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the question, where do I fix my eyes? The interest decision. 